You're listening to another episode of Carte Blanche, the podcast. All the stories you've come to love on a Sunday night, plus some extra content exclusive to the podcast. Don't forget to follow and subscribe. But for now, enjoy today's episode. It's been punted as the future of motor racing. High-powered cars reaching mind-bending speeds, all while using not a single drop of fuel. In a world rapidly moving away from combustion to electric engines, competitive battery-powered sport was inevitable. But petrol heads take note. This isn't F1's poorer cousin, and even Derek is now a convert. Motor racing. A thrilling contest of skill. Look at this. Adrenaline and speed. <laughs> Deafening cheers as fans see their heroes line up on the grid. Corner, but Verland holds on. Verland wins for Porsche. You might think this is a Formula One race, but it's much quieter, isn't it? A whine rather than a roar. And no smell of high-octane fuel. It's punted as the new age of motorsport. This is Formula E, and it's burning up the streets of Cape Town. Yes, there's a new kid on the block, promoting sustainable mobility. Formula E is every bit as competitive as Formula One. It's collided with Eduardo Montara. A fully electric global series featuring 22 drivers from 11 teams reaching speeds of up to 320 kilometers per hour. Shuddering van to the inside of Sebastian Buemi. The races last for 45 minutes plus one lap, with the cars featuring identical batteries, tires, and aerodynamics. What sets the drivers apart is who manages power most efficiently. There was a need of a platform that offers teams, manufacturers, a sustainable angle, motorsport. Most of the manufacturers today are actually executing, you know, the, the, the transformation into, into electric, and, and they needed a platform like this one. In a world still obsessed with turbocharged combustion engines, it fell to co-founder Alberto Longo to sell the idea of an electric Grand Prix. At the beginning, when we had no cars, no technology, no cities, no drivers, no teams, absolutely nothing, and then we needed to basically go and knocking at the doors of many different stakeholders or potential stakeholders. Then today, we are broadcasted in more than 150 countries, followed by more than 50 million people. Now in its ninth season, Formula E hit the streets of Cape Town last weekend. When I first met Alberto Longo, I said to him, Alberto, I promise you we're going to give you a top three race on your global calendar. That was a very bold statement. Bold indeed, but race organiser Ian Bannon turned the streets of Cape Town into a 2.9-kilometre track, arguably the most exciting on the Formula E race calendar. We've got 98 million rand of capex, beautiful yeah. fences and barriers, 12 garages, five bridges, 17,000 grandstand seats, and then the race itself. It's a very small amount compared to Formula One. But in a country gripped by rolling blackouts, 
How was it going to work? We are fully autonomous to all the critical areas of the championship, you know, like race control, like charging the cars, like TV broadcasts. We bring our own, our own power, so we don't need uh, the grid of any city of the world. This is the fastest ever circuit we've had in Formula E. Looking at the layout, you have incredibly high-speed corners. This is a full commitment circuit. There's no room for error. There's concrete walls on either side. And as if the 12-turn track isn't challenging enough, there's also the car's engineering to master. Something Jaguar's South African-born team principal James Barclay knows all too well. Our challenge here in Formula is to ultimately win a motor race, but how we do it is by being as efficient as we can. We have a power limit in Formula 350 kilowatts of maximum power. That means in order to go faster, you need to be more efficient. So the secret here is making highly efficient power trains. So it's about speed, it's about skill, and crucially, it's about efficiency. Master those and you stand a chance at the ultimate prize, the championship. Jaguar are pinning their hopes on their top driver, New Zealander Mitch Evans. In a short space of time, we're showing what we're capable of, and Mitch has been, I think, the standout performer of the last two years, fighting for the championship. Oh, he's lost it! Oh, well held! What a remarkable bit of driving from Evans! I've come close a few times. Uh, the last two years um, have been been good years for me, but I've just just missed out. Obviously, last year I was I was, I was vice champion. So, yeah, it's been frustrating from that point of view. But um, we hope to hope to change that this year. But he's up against others with the same ambition. Among them, South African Kelvin van der Linde. He's a reserve driver for Abt Cooper and a Formula E rookie who recently got a shot the big time. It was only three weeks ago in Saudi Arabia. I made my debut under difficult circumstances with my teammate breaking his wrist in Mexico. Robin Price is out by the looks of things. With a background in traditional racing, Kelvin has had to adapt. Compare the racing you've done in the past with what you're doing now. I'm used to the loud V8 engines behind me. You know, you have to activate different senses in your body. In the past, we had obviously the sound, and now you're, you're a bit more reliant on the vibrations to the ground. So it's, it's interesting, and it's a bit of an adaption. I've been uh, going from strength to strength, having the opportunity to be here in Cape Town for my home race. I was keen to test the dreaded track myself, but did it by more conventional means. Go! Now, Bruno, this is uh, incredible because on normal circuits you can see the corners coming up. Yeah, they just blind on top of you, man. Hey? And then you can see the sea as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got, you haven't got much time to look at the sea. Eh? <laughs> wow, this has got more uh, twists and turns than Chapman's Peak on overdrive, I can tell you. To determine who starts where in the big race, the drivers compete in what is known as qualifying. With just hours to go before the main event, we caught up with Kelvin. You got your steering wheel ready. Yeah. Sure, I feel honored to even hold this. These are not paddles like everyone would think like in Formula One. It's not for shifting up and down. We only have one gear. These are used to activate different modes in the car. So it's okay. six different paddles, a lot going on. I've got an engineer talking in my ear pretty much 24 seven. So I it's... don't know how you handle it. I don't know either. <laughs> I'm still figuring it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, everyone's prepped, ready. The team's uh, done a great job. But qualifying dealt Kelvin and his team a sucker punch. 
breaking news, some really disappointing news, in fact. There's no drive because it broke the record. Mahindra have withdrawn both theirs and the Abd Cooper cars from today's race. After breaking down, he was out of the race, dashing hopes of a South African podium finish. But the show had to go on. And we go green in Cape Town. Sasha Fenestrau is getting a reasonable getaway, and it's a really good start from Cassidy. Nick Cassidy in the After green. finishing first in qualifying, Nissen started from pole position in what turned out to be an action-packed race. It was down to the wire. Teams Porsche and Diaz Penske going wheel to wheel. A race day to satisfy even the most hardened petrol heads. I can't help thinking we've entered a new age of racing. Could Formula E become as widely popular as its Formula One counterpart? Let us know whether you're sold on the concept by commenting on our social pages using hashtag CartBlanche. Hi, I'm Derek Watts, and your weekend is not over. Why not start each morning with Carte Blanche, the podcast, a unique story bringing you unique perspectives on the go. You can now take us with you anywhere, anytime. Go on, hit that follow and subscribe button. You know you want to.